When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week number 901. Brought to you by iFanboy listeners like you there with the face. Hey, I'm Josh Flanagan, and I am here uh, with my my pal, old 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 iFanboy timer. Is that a thing? You can't sure. put that there. Yep. Paul Montgomery. That's me. Hi. Yes. Uh, Connor is currently he's he's uh, he's in the woods of Europe. Uh, I can only assume he's training for some sort of incursion or something like. I don't know. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna solve this Ukraine thing. It's very Rocky Four. Yeah. Exactly. We just oh, lost yeah. Paulie today. Did we? <laughs> We did. That's got to be a Philadelphia thing, huh? It is. It's everything shut down. <laughs> Doesn't take a lot. Um, That's sad. So 901, huh? Yeah, episode 901. Every week, one of us picks the book they like the best from their stack of comics this week. We call that the pick of the week. We will talk about uh, that book. We will talk about other books. There's a patron pick to be, to be dealt with. We will answer listener mail if we have time. Maybe we'll answer the same one twice. Anything could happen is the thing. There will it's be spoilers all, for your books. Uh, Paul, you have you have the pick again for the second time in not quite a month, but it's weird. Cos- it's fate, mm-hmm. cosmic. It just worked out that way. We did yeah. the math. We crunched the numbers. <laughs> asked Connor for his permission, and I had the pick. Um, but you were responsible for the pick because you said, "Hey, make sure you check out this beneath the trees where nobody sees number one." I was going to ask if it was on the radar before it I said that. It was not on my radar for some reason. Hmm. Um, but had I looked at anything about this, oh, that's a Paul book. Yeah, yeah. Um, is this a Josh book? Well, we don't know. We'll to, get to that. We'll, we'll get to that. Okay. We'll get to that. Story and art by this Patrick Horvath, also not on my radar. I don't know if they're responsible for other books. I On, on the Amazon... You can follow a creator and click that follow button. I did so So, uh, because I was so impressed and I did not see anything else in terms of credits. Patrick Horvath is an American film producer, writer, and director, according to Wikipedia. And they are responsible for the story and art. Uh, Letters here by Hassan Atmane El Hao. Um, 
I like the first pronunciation, and it, it's the best. It's the best anyone's done with it. Yeah, um, the best so far. Best we can do. Uh, all right. Beneath the trees where nobody sees. Uh, this is a book about shame. It's a book about mystery, intrigue. Um, the elevator pitch for this book uh, is: What if the busy world of Richard Scarry had a serial killer? But what if also with that concept, it was good? Because if I just told you that concept, I don't know that I'd have faith that the that the creative team would be able to do it well. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there's a lot of kind of this but this comics out there and movies too. But um, yes. this one is actually very successful. Um, this looks not it, and it's not aping one to one the busy world of Richard Scarry or any other anthropomorphic animal stories, but it is a very charming looking little town, little village where this bear lady lives. And so does a goat guy and some sheep pull. And I'm sure there's a lobster man in there. There's dog people. I think there's a, there was an elephant guy in there. Pigs, uh, mole, moleman. There's a moleman. There's a, a moleman, a mole fam- a sh- family of, of molemans. He's an assistant shopkeep moleman. And they just live in this this quaint little town. And but there's a murder that's happening. There's actually some murders. Um, mm-hmm. And what I loved about this is it's so well crafted and it surprised me twice, even despite knowing, oh, the twist is that there's a serial killer. So that was my question is did you because having not known about it, did you know what it was going to be when you started? Did you look S- it up? So I didn't read anything about it. I just saw on the cover mm-hmm. that some kind of body was being dragged and oh, leaving that's true. a blood trail. Wouldn't it have been cool if they didn't have to do that? I understand right. why they would, but. Right. But even still, the narration by mm-hmm. uh, this lady bear, um, this anthropomorphic bear lady. Samantha. Um, leads you to believe that something is amiss. Something is going wrong. And, and I think she tips her hat when she says, I I have certain rules and I don't do it in town. I mm-hmm. only do it in the city. And it's so it's this this sort of Stephen Kingsian kind of uh foreshadowing happening. Also there's a there's a it's I've got I've got I've only got a couple of rules really. First, no playing in Woodbreck only so right away that's terrifying. And it sounds like maybe she's going to go do some BDSM stuff. Right. But it's uh it's a, it's slightly more extreme than that. Yeah. Um and it's uh very she doesn't just kill people. She has mm-hmm. um, me- a methodology. And I I just I, re- I really want to say if this sounds at all intriguing, stop listening to this and go check it out because there's some really <sighs> cool surprises in it. Um let's one of the lesser surprises is there are so in addition to anthropomorphic animals, there are regular animals, the that wild was animals. That's very interesting. That yeah, that made me stop. Um, that was a bit of a record scratch because as she's hiding or she's burying some body parts, we'll say, um, she happens upon a, like a, a wild on bear. all fours wild bear. Yeah. And I was like, oh, uh, this world just got an extra layer to it. So I'm curious to see if that, if there's anything else with that, because sure, you like in a world of anthropomorphic animals, like if you take like Disney, there's like Goofy and Pluto. Mm-hmm. And what is the, they're both dogs, right? 
but Presumably. like one is a domesticated dog and the other one is I mean yuck yuck a I would go so far as to yuck yuck exactly uh, he's a yuck yuck a sapien mm-hmm. um I would go so far as to say that the other animal thing I don't know that it needs to be explained I think it's almost like I don't know. Like, it could be a lot of things. I'm seeing, you know, like it could be like a metaphor mm-hmm. for, you know, humans being a kind of animal, one, you know, sort of one step away. And so in this world, I don't know. I don't know what it'll be. I could I could see it as just being this, this is a facet of the world and and much like, you know, uh, Pluto and Goofy, we don't really think about it. Yeah, well, it's... it's um, but it's interesting. It goes sort of un, unremarked upon in the mm-hmm. Pluto and Goofy thing. Here and and it's not like she's like oh my god a wild bear she's just like doesn't she say like it's between us bears or something or it's uh, I appreciate if we could keep this between just the two of us between the two of us yeah okay yeah. I mean you could say that you know. so it's it's just an interesting wrinkle it's just a yep. it, usually you know um, are there fox people because there's fox and in, in the woods there's mouse I people. believe that, yeah there's a fox I think he sells newspapers mm-hmm. I think the fox sells newspapers possible I. Yeah, and um, so yeah, so there's all different kinds of animal people. Plus, there's something going on with this goat guy who is, uh, it's the it's the long goodbye. He's right. getting forgetful. He can't find his glasses, which are on his face. What's happening with that? Yep. Um, oh yeah, and, it's a fox. And then the last page sort of sealed the deal. I had another idea as to what was going to be the pick this week, and we'll talk about that in a bit. Mm-hmm. But the last page of this really sealed the deal. Um, because it just ends on the perfect cliffhanger and the perfect button where we find out, and here's the spoiler, maybe the bear lady is not the only serial killer or the only murderer in this town. Mm-hmm. Because and we're sort of seeing this murder. from her perspective. And yeah, and there's a very public, I mean, presumably it was planned that this would be seen. You know, if you go back, this is actually really interesting. Yeah. So... One, two, three, three pages before the end. There's an overhead shot on the second to last panel. Mm. You can actually see it. What's behind the cloth? That's cool. And it's very, that last panel is incredibly subtle because there's an inset. Basically, you're looking down and there's a, they're on a, a, a boat. That's a float in a parade. And there's an inset of one of the sort of buckles breaking and saying pop. And then if you look on the thing before it, like there's a tiny little rip that's happening. Which, by the way, it seems like this is revealed intentionally, given the way that it it plays out. But yeah. that looks to be accidental. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, but I mean, uh, if, yeah. if like that, that would be a terrible place to hide a body. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I, I assume it was performative. Right. It's yeah. So I don't uh, know. A lot of mystery. I, I think it um, rewards uh, rereading. And closer study. I just think mm-hmm. the craft is all there. It's 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 just a great first issue and sets up uh, an incredible mystery. I think that it's it's interesting to point that out because as I looked, and this is this person is uh, listed as a filmmaker, and you actually go to his IDM, IMDb page and has done a lot of different work in film and television, camera assistant, you know, like like writing as production, like really involved in a lot of stuff. Uh, and as, I, I can't, as far as I can tell, let's see, I'm not sure how many comics there are to the name, but this is a fairly advanced piece of work from a craft standpoint. Um, yeah. 
if you're a person who's not doing comics full time or haven't been for a very a long amount of time, the level of draftsmanship and acting of these characters, you know, the thing, you know, like like some people can do those uh, anthropomorphic animals really well, and they give them the facial expressions that are then translated to cartoon turtle version of that, but you can still read it. The, mm-hmm. the Fox we were mm-hmm. talking about has kind of a weird, like a smirk. His face is kind of, it's, it's incredibly impressive. And, and the, like, it's not half ass. There's fully realized backgrounds, uh, perspective, uh, strong storytelling through the whole thing. It's kind of amazing. Yeah. I mean, and it's very, it's very pretty. Yes. Um, yeah, it's, it's light and pastel and beautiful. He did all of the, you know, coloring and everything. Like all the backgrounds too. Like it's a, it's a beautiful realized town. And then when they go to the city, it's, it's a different look and everything. And this person could do like, you know, children's books, like fully ill, mm-hmm. like illustrated yeah, oh yeah. books. And they would be great. But they also have that ability to do sequential stuff. And that's really impressive. And, and the, and the writing is there too. Um, cause I, I love the, the narration of it and the choice to tell this story from this perspective. And I'm so I'm very curious the, to see where it goes from there. There's one issue uh-huh. of the series. Ha ha. Uh, that, that, uh, Patrick Horvath drew. Okay. And there's this, and then there's a free comic called, uh, free for all that is available on the website. As far as I can tell, no other comics credits, which is stunning. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's not nothing. Um, okay. So all of that said, I thought this was a really good comic. I think it was beautiful. I think it absolutely achieved what it set out to. I don't really like stories like this. Okay. I, I can't, um, I have a hard time with a, a protagonist who is a killer and like the scariest kind of like no, you know, psychopathic, no remorse, just people, you know, whoever, I guess people, animals are you know, just meat to be played with and, and you know, it, it scratches the itch or whatever it is. Like I couldn't like, I couldn't get into Dexter at all. It's very yeah, similar it's De- to that. Dexter is what I would compare it to. Yeah. Um, and so I think it was really, really well done and it is a hundred percent not my bag mm-hmm. uh, in terms of story. You know, like I don't, I don't really like horror stuff. I, I never have, or whatever this is. I don't know if it's, it's horror, but it's not the monster kind. It seems to be fairly other than the anthropomorphic animals. It's, it's not, supernatural in any mm-hmm. way i mean it um, is it's gruesome though it's i mean it's yes. i no, would it's, say it's it's beyond a thriller graphic. um yeah there's a there's a vivisection scene yeah uh and it's 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 actually pretty like i can't um if i was to watch i can't watch that kind of thing like on a movie or a tv show i can't like i look away i've seen every episode of er a hundred times anytime they <laughs> cut into a fake person i look away i sure. still i still can't do it um and I don't know if that's – it doesn't gross me out. I generally just don't like the way that it makes me feel. And that's that's some of this. Um, but I'm really glad uh, – it was really well done. If this sounds like something you would like, I think you're going to be very happy with it. I'm really glad that you liked it. My my criticism is an, is a thousand percent subjective. It's not even criticism. It's a subjective thing, I don't have thing, anything yeah. to criticize. It's just not my thing. Yeah. Um, I don't like how it makes me feel. But I know that people do. I don't fully understand – I said, I'm old and I do not understand horror. Like, mm-hmm. I, I get it, but I don't get it. 
Like sure. I, you and know, it, I've, had, I've asked people explain it, you know. It's sort of like it's and it's a, it's a matter of degrees too. Even even mm-hmm. for me, like there's there was that movie that came out was it late last year or, early, or I forget if it was this year or last year, uh, Terrifier Two that they were putting out warnings to people that pe- mm-hmm. oh people are throwing up in the theater and that's great marketing for yes. a movie like that. It's extremely. I hated that movie. It's like mm-hmm. two and a half hours. It has no reason to be that, and it's just gruesome for gruesome sake. Yeah. Um, come at me if you love that movie. If if you do, that's fine. You, that's mm-hmm. your thing. Um, but there's something really artful about this, not just from the craft mm-hmm. perspective, but just from the narrative. Like the bit where, as she's dispatching her victim, mm-hmm. there's that that sequence Poor where Howard. they're they're riding platelets of mm-hmm. their of their own blood. Like it, like it go, it zeroes in, mm-hmm. and they're like riding it, like and and it's it's just this level of surrealism on top of it that there's some there, there's there's something extra going on here that, and so I was just very impressed with it, and um, uh, yeah, this was just a total surprise, and I'm and I'm glad I went in knowing virtually nothing yeah, about that, it that or what to really expect. Well. So, all right, we have to move along. Yeah, we, we we spent a long time on that. It, it's a it's a very light superhero kind of show is what is, is my, my warning to you right yeah. here. Uh, that said, uh, we have the sensational She-Hulk number 179, or as they've called it here for some reason, one. Uh, this is a direct continuation of <laughs> the sensational She-Hulk number 12 or 178 to be call more it, clear about it. Call it season two yeah. of Rainbow Rowell, Jessica Gao. Andres Genelet and Gavin Gudry, color by Gidry. D. Kunif, letters by Joe Caramanga. One of my favorite names to say. I feel like you pronounced every one of those words wrong. Yep. Even Joe. Yeah. It's probably not Joe. It's well, uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Raul and uh, Genelet Gen- uh, did um, Runaways together uh, by mm-hmm. the end. I think it was Chris Anka at the beginning, and then it became Genelet uh, after a bit. Or maybe he was just uh, on the beginning of this. I don't know. Uh, her her stuff kind of blends together in in terms of uh, the creative people because I think she works with the same people across Run Runaways and and She Hulk to a certain I, extent. I love that her her work on Runaways. Uh, by the yeah. way, I think oh. that's a fantastic character stuff and I so loved so much fun. All of it, all yeah. the way through. I think yeah. it started with Chris Anka and I, I think Shanelle was on enough for that, but I am not sure. Um, the backup story is the Jessica Gao, who is the um, showrunner of the TV show. Ah, uh, right. Uh, okay, yeah. Gavin uh, Gidry, who I who I don't know. Um, so we're focusing on 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 the main story here, and it is a continuation of of where we were. This romance between um, Jack of Hearts and, and She Hulk, and she's got uh, her her Punch Club, uh, which is a super powered Fight Club. Um, ben Grimm, Ben Grimm, Titania, uh, her grumpy husband, Absorbing Man, uh, who's molecular the other one? woman, molecular. I don't know who th- you know, I don't know who that woman is. That's a deep cut. Yeah. Um, I think I was very, I saw it. I was very excited it was coming out because I really loved every issue. I really felt like this wasn't an issue number one. I felt like this was, and so I was sort of waiting for a kind of reset. And yeah. I really felt that this was the 13th issue because other than the last page, which made me feel like I was missing something when it, it popped up. Mm. Yes. It was just more of what had happened before. Um, and I think you're, you're reading, um, is it mm-hmm. Savage Hulk now? In in in, in uh, I'll tell you because on my Indomitable Hulk, whatever you're reading the ongoing Hulk series I am. though. I am and and still it's just incredible, just bagged, real old incredible. 
and, and but right, but like, and still you feel like you're missing something with that last. I don't page. know. I, I read the issue this week, and I don't know what because I, I feel there. the same way. I was like, what, what did I miss? Yeah, no, no, because he's very firmly on the road, involved in in things in his own book, and so to have him show up here was weird. And I don't have time uh, to go over this, but there's no need for his hair to look like that. Yeah, I just he's uh, got like the long like '90s bass player hair. There's no need. Mm-hmm. That again, that is subjective. I don't. We're, I don't even. I don't even have time for that. Uh, I. I just thought. I. I thought. Um, maybe we we're gonna get bumped forward, and I feel like instead we were kind of getting a reset about where we were instead of it moving along. And I think for a number one, that's weird. That may have been my idea of the expectations that I had. Um, I also did get the feeling a little bit that <sighs> Jack seems kind of sad all the time. And it's so like moody and and melodramatic, and, and I just—I mean, I think of him as a Silver Surfer character, and mm-hmm. so that makes sense <laughs> that he would be, yeah, sad and uh, but in a an certain existential point, way, she is so self-possessed and capable and forthright. Is that I don't I'm st- the far, longer we get away from I'm st- I'm ha- starting to have a hard time understanding what she sees in him. Because it, it like at a certain point you're like why is she with him that seems unhealthy, and that, that's what sure. it was starting to feel to me. Well, um, if 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 um the rest of the punch club is to be believed, uh, he mm-hmm. is a real catch. They all the women yeah. seem to be very attracted to him. Yeah, there was there was that reveal where he shows up and they're like oh, like that even in that costume, and I was like right. I I didn't know what they meant. I I kind of came around to I was like I guess they're saying he's attractive, but it wasn't clear to me because he's so goddamn goofy looking. He's a he's a short king or Jack. It's a short Jack. <laughs> yeah. When she was chasing the 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 criminal before who was charming, I was like, I get that. He's exciting. But you're sort of coming home the other way, and he's like, you can't you we can't touch each other. I'm not charged up. It's this. I'm sorry. You know. It's just, and maybe, I I feel like maybe it'll they'll go there. Like yeah. maybe they will address that because I feel like they're setting up like kind of how how sad and like, I don't want to say pathetic, but like, he's like, he's hanging out. He's like, I'll be back at the apartment. Yeah. Yeah. And and show up when you can, you know, I would, I would, I would not put it past role to be playing that. She's, she's too smart. She's too thoughtful about her characters and their, their personalities to not know what she's doing, Mm -hmm. I guess. So I, it's one of those, I'm, I'm trusting the person. And so I mean, my criticism really has to do with the fact that as a number one, it felt weird. Changed my expectations. I, I had expectations of it, and it yeah, was, it's it a, it's definitely a weird one to to jump in on. Um, yeah, but um, definitely go back. I think it's three trades, three little slim mm-hmm. trade paperbacks worth of of issues to to check out. Um, and are they four issues a piece? That's crazy. They're yeah, they're so. Uh, I mean, definitely recommend. Uh, it's it's fun. It's a it. it oh. It's one of the best books of the past few years. Mm-hmm. One of the most fun things from Marvel. Um, uh, I will yeah. say, um, Andres Genelé, um, I love the big characters. <laughs> yeah. Like, 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 is it awesome, Andy? And then um, the uh, the Deviant, like, mm-hmm. really good <laughs> at putting these over, oversized characters, these double-stuffed kind of characters. And that was a really good opening scene. Yeah. Her going to the the law and having to deal with these two sort of crazy, you know, D-lister Marvel bench characters. Mm-hmm. You know, that that was really fun. Um, yeah. It reminded me of um, when Bendis was doing 
uh, the original like run of Jessica Jones and um, mm-hmm. yeah, having uh, Jessica's uh, clients. Yeah, all the all the clients and and even uh, uh, Matt's clients. I you know looking forward to it. It was a good issue in the way that they usually are. There's lots of fun stuff in there, but I bumped on a couple of things and uh, I'm not wary about it yet. Just just wasn't sure about those choices. We All did right, there's your songs. superheroes for the week. <laughs> is that is that is that it? No, that I think might you got one it. more. You got one more. Oh, okay. Later. Okay, so Swan Songs. We talked about issue two or three last time. Yep. I guess I guess it was three. Yeah, last time I was on. Um, almost the pick. Uh, this one's fun. Um, it's got so it's it's this guy who's getting released from uh, a two year stint in prison, small time crook. Uh, going back to his his crime family, basically his brother, and there's this interesting stylistic thing where he's big into Mad Libs, or as they refer to Sad Libs in this, and he's sort of narrating what's going on uh, with the Mad like filling out like the the adjectives or whatever, um, and I think it works for the most part my question for you is do you feel like the ending is cool or a cop-out so that was that is the question yeah and that is definitely the the thing to think about i really enjoyed this all the way through it's sort of treading the line between it wasn't quite serious but it was kind of heavy but then also silly in, in a way at the same time like having the uh, the revolutionary founding fathers, you know, right. It's like, and pointing out it's, it's point break and just having the sort of masks on their faces, which, which took away, um, which is a bad their, plan. If you're going to rob a bank, yeah, it's a bad it, plan. It was all a bad plan. And, and, and so I, I like the metaphor of the Mad Libs in that he felt as if he couldn't control the things that were happening in his life. And in fact, he, couldn't either because of the way things are going or because of his unwillingness to say no mm-hmm. to things. And so the Mad Libs were a way that he could sort of, you know, control his destiny or do whatever. And he has this interesting scene with his ex-girlfriend, yes. you know, where she's trying to say, you can do this. And you're like, oh no, he's he's too he's too weak to do the right thing here and he's gonna get mixed up in it. And so yeah, the last page is uh, everybody's been killed. And his, or actually, his brother has not been killed. Brett is basically the guy. He gets out of prison, and his brother immediately is like, "We got to do a job." And he's like, "I don't want to." He's like, "You got to." And he's like, "Okay, I guess I can't do anything about it." And the the B plan when it doesn't go is to run over the guys, uh, the guards, mm-hmm. and then so uh, his brother Lin Manuel Miranda, only when he puts <laughs> on the suit, um, yells, "Do it, Bobby!" And we we cut to him in the driver's seat with a confused look on his face, saying, "What should we do?" And you see. Uh, the Mad Libs of the scene as it would play out, but all of the you know words that would tell us what's happening are are out, and that's the end of it. It's, it's basically giving the reader the ability I mean, to choose. And if I think about it in that choice with the theme of the Mad Libs throughout the whole thing, it's pretty elegant. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it is satisfying, but given everything that came before it, and and walking through it and talking to you about it. I feel like that's the choice that you had to make. Yeah, I think it. I think it's a neat idea for like a one-shot comic. Yes, it doesn't feel especially substantial. And then there's stuff like, like even like the 
the the other the henchmen like mm-hmm. big stew like they're all archetypes yeah you know it doesn't feel real um so i like I, I i think i liked it more as they were heading home and then like meeting you know the ex-girlfriend and mm-hmm. stuff and she's got a kid now and like it, th- there's stuff there and like it would be like a neat like short film or something mm-hmm. um but yeah that, that that ending there i was like yeah but that's kind of it's it's kind of mm, wishy-washy mean, my my only thing would be is that you know um w maxwell prince or big dubs as he's known to his friends or she i don't know i have no idea what w means um is being this is the second sort of anthology series that we've gone through and then there's ice cream man which i i read the first one and i didn't get it i mm. might get it now if i read it again i think it's very possible but maybe that train has sailed you know you're you're doing a series of short stories issue size short stories and they're trying to they're you know tr- trying stuff and i can't help but respect that oh yeah, you know yeah I mean? absolutely you know like this is the place to do that and so if it's you're not sure about it it didn't fall on its face it's not that is it the right choice i mean on paper it kind of makes sense did it feel satisfying kind of no you know but you know then issue number 5 that's a new one right and I, and I feel like this is something that I would recommend people maybe check out as an anthology. If you're mm-hmm. just reading individual issues, they're like, you know, it's hit or miss. But if you have it, you know, a whole chunk of these, then one might work for you and the other one might be. Eh. You know, can I, what's weird about me and anthologies is that I like them like this, um, where you get a bit of it. And the next time something else comes along, a collection of stories like in a bound anthology i often lose track of because the stories don't cause you to change turn pages to the next one gotcha I, I i want that continuity in a big story so here i get to reset every month or so but i don't like you know those like 80 page giant of stories or mm-hmm. there was a the headless horseman this week from you right. know i i i kind of i don't i don't love, i don't love that format um and i think with with something like that mm-hmm. um those are shorts. I mean, they're, they're, sh- they're short, so it's like then you you have even less of an opportunity to make a mark, and it's it feels mm-hmm. it can sometimes be even more gimmicky, mm-hmm. and you feel slighted as a reader. Like, oh well, I got five or six, yeah, you know, blushes at a story. I do. I do really like. I really like reading a good comic book short story because so it's not done that often. I mean, compared to like in the vast majority of comics is people all trying to tell longer stories or short stories, masquerading, whatever it is. But when somebody really nails a short story. Well, uh, what do you, what do you mean by a short story though? I mean, like a single issue or. I mean, a single issue counts as that, but there's also like five page short stories. There's the famous, um, you know, Hellboy uh, pancakes. That's like, to me, the best example. The gold standard. Yeah, the gold standard. I know a long time ago before Tom King was a household name, he did a book um, with Tom Fowler. It was a story in a Vertigo anthology about time travel and killing Hitler. Right. And I remember it because it was just so excellent. So a short story really has a chance to stand out. And so, uh, you know, this story, um, what's the the silver coin that that, um, Michael Walsh did? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, with a bunch of different writers, and you draw like again. I don't. I don't actually love those horror stories or whatever, but I really like that format. But again, they're in issues. Like I wouldn't read like a book of the twelve of them. I wouldn't do it. That's I wouldn't fair finish. too. Yeah, yeah. I, it's just it's a it's a really 
it's where people can experiment and try things. And yeah. so the end of this works in that way. Uh, I did not read Coda number two or one for that matter. Um, what do you get? This is from the folks at Boom. This is, yeah. So this is uh, Cy Sperrier and Matthias Bergara. And you can get um, a deluxe edition came out recently of the original run of Coda. Um, and that I think was another one where it's, it was like three paperbacks. Um, hmm. so this is uh, like season two of Coda I did not know that. number two. Um, it's, uh, I would liken it to like a heavy metal fantasy kind of thing, more on the lighthearted side of it. Um, but it's just gorgeous. Um, and last time we talked about, uh, the art of like Philippe Andrade, mm-hmm. uh, we talked, we, we talked about, um, he's a uh, European artist, European comics. Uh, we had extended conversation about that and why we like that and us being like kind of un- being unable to define what that means, but, mm-hmm. um, just really lush, high saturated colors. Um, there's kind of a, a, a painterly quality to it, sharp edges. Um, this has a really scary unicorn in it that uh, curses at people, but it's, you know, the in symbols and like wingdings. Um, <laughs> and this is about a post-magic fantasy world um, where everything is in flux. And if you like sort of Terry Pratchett and Discworld kind of stuff or like Michael Moorcock uh, fantasy where everything's just weird and kind of yucky and gross, um, but also whimsical at the same time. Mm. Uh, this is very fun and very imaginative and I love it. Like a lot of the stuff that's set up in the first issue is kind of already resolved in issue two and then new conflicts have sprung up. So it's, there's, there's a lot of complexity going on. There's a, it's a farmer, basically as a former bard, his wife is like an Amazonian, like barbarian berserker lady. It's very cool. And they've just found out that she's pregnant. Um, and he's, uh, narrating this to their child who I, it's sort of like saga in that way. Um, well, that's, that's from the, the baby's point of view in saga, right? That's from the kid's point of view, writing about her parents and how they met. This is him writing to a little gap. He refers to the, the uh, child. And, um, there is, uh, (laughs) a would be, uh, King that they wanted to install this, like kind of Steve Bannon kind of fantasy guy (laughs) called mildew wants to install this kid. He gets killed now this cult has sprung up and they believe that they need to go to the moon. So it's wild, it's wild stuff. Um, very beautiful. And uh, I just wanted to uh, get it out there because I don't know if people have given it a shot. It's kind of this, um, I don't want to say dark horse cause it's, it's boom, but mm-hmm. um, it is, it is a dark horse kind of story and uh, very quietly, very cool. So, uh, Matthias Bergara is, is from Montevideo, Uruguay. Uruguay. Okay. Which is, uh, I can't think of any Uruguayan artists who I've seen. I know a lot of South American in general yes. artists. A lot of Argentina. Argentina, Chile. Quite a bit of Brazil. Yeah. Um. Definitely Brazil. I, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, there's something going on I, down I there. Mean, I mean, I, 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 I tend to think of i thought for sure given the name and the way the art works i thought this was going to be a person from spain i did as well um so yeah i mean you know that that makes sense uh 
let me tell you. Not you. I mean, you might want to know, Paul, but but let me just talk real quick about uh, ways that uh, you can be part of the the show, the system we got going here. If a you so choose, and b you are able. Uh, this is this is voluntary. You don't got you don't got to deal with any of this stuff. But we have uh, Patreon.com/slash/ifanboy. This is the uh, engine. This is the lifeblood. This is the fuel of the program. Uh, here that uh, helps us keep this going so you can directly support the show uh, people in the past have unlocked shows um, there's a really nice uh, bedroom communities I don't know that's not the right word uh, there's communities on discord and on Facebook um, that sort of uh, harken back to the good old days of the rev3 forums and the, and the early iFanboy communities as, as we were there before the web diaspora happened uh, from social media ruining everything um there is a monthly patron hangout which you can watch live or you can watch later uh we we try to we we try to make it uh good for the people who are contributing for sure there's now tier exclusive merch uh depending on your level of support after three months you'll receive uh, a junior jamoke t-shirt or tote bag or hoodie depending on what it is uh there's uh, other things sticker mug poster all sorts of things you can get uh at the five dollar higher level you get a patron power which we'll, we'll be getting to this is a spoiler. Uh, uh, and everybody gets to vote on the uh, patron uh, pick uh, in each show. So uh, patreon.com slash iFanboy. Thank you so much. Uh, over at iFanboy.threadless.com, there are 13 designs that can be put on T-shirts and divide, and all sorts of things. Um, the, the still, I still want to make that shower curtain work. I think that's a big good mouse time. Mouse pads, that's where the money's at, man. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I can't use a mouse. I have blown out my ability to use a uh, computer mouse for the rest of my life. Oh my life. gosh. Yeah, it's terrible. All trackpads for this guy. And by the way, Windows does not have a good trackpad, I found out at my job. Um, you can go to ifanboy.com slash support for the PayPal link right there if you want to deal with any of that. ifanboy.com slash Amazon. There are links on the website, uh, the music, the booksplode, all that stuff. And you can get through those to go to um, Amazon if you want. And there's a, it's an affiliate account. You know how that works. Uh, bookshop.org is a uh, an aggregate of independent bookstores you can order online. So the, uh, the one we were just talked about, you don't want to do that for books. And you want to help uh, independent bookstores, which is an extremely valuable and valiant thing to do um that's where that would be the links will be on the website where appropriate so uh over to boom uh where we have more anthropomorphic animals we talked about wilds and number four when you were on last time mm-hmm. may i think three actually yes because i was on i was a backlist and i read four this week so you and i talked about three and then this was five that came out this week we've got dan abnett writing this story uh with art and letters by inj Culbard. That is the most unusual name in comics I've heard in some time. And not like just everything about it is unusual. Um, this is a little more along the lines of what you want to think of when you see um, anthropomorphic old-timey animals. These are country British folk animals. <laughs> and I mean, listen, if you told me on paper that it's this and then there's a War of the Worlds thing and they come in, Victorian lantern robots come in and make humans toil in the mines, I'd say, I don't want to read. They're not humans, but the people. Uh, I would say, I don't want to read that. I would say, sign me up. Yeah, no, and I, and I get that. That's fine. I am so in love with this book. I cannot get enough of this tiny group of characters who are this combination of sort of British country stereotype folks, but also, I think, really deeply uh, entrenched relationships with each other. Um, and And, you know, there's the, the skipper, you know, the, the old man who's in charge of the boat that they were all on and he's losing his mind and he's aware of it. And uh, I normally really, I don't like when dialogue and dialects are written phonetically okay, in, yeah. in word balloons. Um, 
because it slows me down a lot of times. But man, Abnet leans into this very far. But if you can hear it when you're reading it, it is it is perfect. I can hear them. You know, it's not hard to read. It doesn't slow me down. It tells me exactly where they are and 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 who they are uh, in a way that um, I really dig. And I'm like, and I am into this. I don't know what's going to happen. I want them to. See. We are at the bottom. This is, I think, the next issue is the last one. Yeah, and we are like things are at their bleakest right now. And I think it's just uh, it's just delightful. It's super fun. It reminds me of so. There's this this old uh, British TV show called um, Survivors. Uh, it's from back in the the late seventies. It was created by Terry Nation, who's the guy who came up with the Daleks for Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. And it's like um, The Walking Dead, but uh, lo-fi. I don't know. It's like it's it's not. First off, there aren't zombies. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. It's just a plague has wiped out people and there's just like far less people around, mm-hmm. but they have to like, they're, they're mostly in like rural England or like, like Scotland mm-hmm. and just trying to get by. And there's something very like salt of the earth about it and not as edgy as the walking dead. It's, it's not as, you know what I mean? Like, like what separates these things about like this, this, dystopian like survivor group what separates it from something like the walking dead which is just so intense all of the time it's this is more about people working together and solving problems and it's very like i mean it's it's, dumb. it's very british yeah. in terms of like the war and mm-hmm. we like this is terrible we will bear up under it we have no choice but to and the introduction of the um hermit out in the woods who likes explosives yeah put the whole thing over the top yep. one like everything he says is delightful um you know like it's right on the edge of like total like stereotypes not the word but like archetype of these people and i don't care mm-hmm. it's just delightful and i and i like that they reference like back in the war and like he's talking mm-hmm. about you know over there like i say what you will about those you know those rotters over there but you know they make good bombs and <laughs> like <laughs> um and it's so that there's like a lived in like history to these characters and they're and the, kind of and world weary and is it thomas i don't know the, the 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 hermit you know they're like there's an invasion and you're not going to believe what we say and he's like that's fine invaders are invaders let's do this right you know it's, mm-hmm. he's the guy you need at the right time um yeah love it it's really good yeah i did i decided not to go with jay garrick the flash number one I think it's cool that so back so back when I got back into comics as an adult, um, my book was uh, Justice Society of America, mm-hmm. uh, the Jeff Johns and uh, those great Alex Alex Ross covers, um, and so I was excited that hey they're gonna give the old college try to the JSA again, and this is this is fun. So this is Jeremy Jeremy Adams uh, with art by Diego uh, Olortegui. Olortegui. Um, who reminds me a lot of like Francis Manipal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a very fun, it's almost an all ages style. I would say it's just, a, it's a very like cuddly looking, uh, DC book. And this is sort of what I want from my DC books. Um, this is just, uh, a great, um, uh, yeah, I would say it's, so it's, it's Jay and his daughter, who was removed from time at some point. Um, this is the new conceit with the JSA is that they have various relatives who were taken out, taken away from them. 
and now they're back on the scene. So elderly Jay and his wife find themselves with this like teenage daughter. I love her design. Uh, Judy is her name, the boom. So it's again, the flash family, but it's not annoying. Like Wally's family. Why do we hate Wally's kids so much? I don't know, but they just suck. Um, Judy's I'm, cool. I, I'm, I'm shocked that people didn't take that as gospel in the in the Discord community. I, <laughs> I, 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 Connor, that might be why he's gone. <laughs> he just was like, I, I don't know how to live in a world like this. And you know, there's a lot wrong with the world. There's a lot of things, but like that was the tipping point for him. <laughs> I it's, think. I mm-hmm. think with. I, I don't. I, I feel like I don't have a. I don't have a handle on the Justice League slash Flash era we're in right now. I'm reading that Justice League book. I don't love it mm-hmm. because I, 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 again, like I just don't quite know what it is. Do you mean Justice League or do you mean Justice Society? Justice Society. Okay, just making sure. Yes. Okay, so just so yeah, I the overall Justice Society thing. I don't know. It's complicated, but this is fun. I like speedsters. Um, and this has like very over the top, like, like Dr. Elemental, I think is the, nice. the new bad guy. Like that's, I don't know. That's kind of the kind of thing that I want. Tell me about the forged, the forged. Yeah. So this is the, uh, Greg Rucka, Eric Troutman written, um, sci-fi military series. Um, I, I also, I just love this. I love this book so much. That's good it, to hear. I'm it, not, I'm not caught up on it, but I'm looking forward it, to it. It's uh, it feels, God, it's really big and 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 space. There's you know there there's an empire and she's. It's not unlike I don't know if if anybody's watching Foundation. Mm-hmm. It's a galactic empire, sort of like that, where the size of it is mind boggling. And it's just one power, one person who has power, and she's the empress. And there's these different elements, but it's it's focused mostly on these. I'm gonna say there's four of them, maybe five of the forged who are these again, not unlike in Lazarus sort of genetically engineered, perfect soldiers, uh, you know, who can do anything in the, you know, the, everybody's utterly loyal to the Empress and, and there's intrigue and stuff is going down. Um, it's fairly contained. Whereas Lazarus, I kind of lost the thread of because they were jumping around to a lot of different people in a way like a novel, which I like, but I don't know that it always works great in comics, especially dense. if, if they just... don't come out regularly. Well, it's, Good. I just remember there being a lot of lore for that and like a lot of like backup material. <laughs> so that's but yeah, they here, did jump around. But okay. I don't like reading it because I don't think that A, I finished the comic, but B, reading those pages of text after reading a beautifully conceived and drawn comic book, it it feels like work. And just I, like whatever it is, you can you can write all that stuff out and people want to read it, fine. And you put that into your story, but I want to see that on the comic book page. Um, and in that way, I feel like this is more contained. Now, Greg Rocca is always going to build out an incredibly detailed and, and dense world, you know, outside of what's on those comic book pages. And you can take that or leave it. But I really enjoy this. I enjoy these characters. You know, it's uh, Troutman. Um, he's worked with Rocca forever. He's, he's, he's a good guy. He is, you know, he's into military stuff. Mm-hmm. And you've got characters in here who are doing full on hoorah, you know, Marine or, or, you know, Delta Force, that, that lingo, that, that patois that they sort of talk to, to among each other. Um, and I love that. I'm what's a sucker the, for it. What's the tone like on this? Is it similar to something like Lazarus or? I feel it's much more like Lazarus is, is 
dead set in a sci-fi, hard sci-fi reality. Right. This is more, it's galactic in scale, I guess. And, is and it there's fun? Sort of, I think so, yes. Yeah, okay. I think the characters make it fun. And I think the characters in Lazarus aren't necessarily that fun. But the main characters in this are. And there is, there is a little bit of whimsy, I think. I don't know if that's exactly the right word, but um, there's some of that. I, I really like it. And, it. and it's also coming out pretty regularly. So I'm happy about that. That's good. <laughs> They're like, I finished the last one and I was like, wow, this is the, the cover price was relatively high. And it's 60 something pages, or I think it's 50 pages of story. And I thought maybe that's special. And then this one came out, you know, a month later, 50 pages of story. Um, I, I don't know what Mike Ann Henderson is doing, but he's keeping up or they did it ahead of time or, or whatever. But, uh, you know, a long time ago, I first became aware of, of Eric Troutman because he co-wrote Checkmate with Rucka, and it was mm-hmm. fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe the combination of those two people, like that reigns Rucka in a little bit. Not that he needs it. He's amazing. But tightens it up a little for like this story so that it doesn't feel like it's going to spin out of control like maybe Lazarus did, which which I love. I will read it, you know, forever. But, you know, it comes along once or twice a year now. So it's it's hard to get a hold on at this point. Rumpus Room, number two. Have you been reading this, this Mark Russell no. book? No. What did we just talk about in the beginning? Okay. You look at that cover, and and I'm not going to go, now. Nah, it doesn't matter who's writing it, unless unless you convince me now. I, I you don't will, need to. It's a it's more of a thriller, I would say, than okay. the horror thing. This is, and if it's got Mark Russell's name on it, I'm interested. Sure. Um, And it's wild, because he's, he does such disparate things. Mm-hmm. Um, but the through line is that they're always thoughtful. Um, mm-hmm. They're often politically minded. Um, this is about like if Elon Musk had people trapped in his basement. <laughs> um, it's this billionaire who has a number of former employees in a very complex jail system under his house, um, which I think is in L.A., um, seems like a very LA thing. There are weird, um, like modern art sculptures around his house. Um, and so the rumpus room, the idea of it, and, um, this is one of those, uh, Rick Remender does these often too. You'll get to the back of one of these, uh, high concept, uh, dystopian sci-fi books. Uh, and there's an essay in the back about why they're writing them. And Mark Russell talked about how, you know, everything's going to hell in the real world and we've kind of resigned ourselves to it. And so this is a story about how people basically learn to live with the idea that they're doomed (laughs) because the people who are, who are very competent, intelligent, capable people stuck in this prison system in this guy's basement have basically resigned themselves that they're not going to be able to get out of here. And what does that do to people? And um, you've got uh, this woman who ends up in there in the first issue is actually a cop and she's able to, to, and her sister is missing and she believes that this guy knows about it. She gets drugged, ends up down in the basement and the hook is she was able to get a pistol in there. Um, She had, she was, had something strapped to her ankle and the question is, did he allow that to happen or did that sneak through the cracks? And she's in this issue is getting to know a lot of the people that are down there. And they're saying anything you're going to want to try, we've tried it and it hasn't worked. And if you're bad, 
we can vote because every every so many hours or days or something, one of them has to go in this room and they're never seen again. Um, and this woman's like, well, we got to try. We got to work on something. And so we're still in the second issue meeting all the different people and we're finding out what they what their roles were in this billionaire's life um, outside on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, the In parallel, this billionaire is facing a hostile takeover of his business and he's looking forward to it. The One of the characters that we meet down there um, is a trans woman and you find out that she was actually his child. And so like, what is she doing down here? Mm. And um, you get a flashback where they go to um, in uh, this academy when uh, this person was a kid and all the parents were to bid on this this art from their kids and uh, he starts making fun of the other kids art because it's kid art and he ends up buying all of it and like and then like buying the school or whatever because he mm-hmm. can just buy and sell whatever and so it's about the evils of capitalism and but also like what what is our responsibility even when we feel helpless and what do we do and how do you work within that when you feel like all hope is lost? So fun story. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel a little like, like um, I, we have to move. We're way over. Uh, but I feel a little like I had to stop watching John Oliver um, mm-hmm. because it's very funny and he's brilliant and all that. But like, it's just like, it's, it's focusing on how bad the bad stuff is. Hey man, I get it. I absolutely. And, <laughs> and it's, and, and this, the, a lot of Mark Russell's stuff is like, like, you know, he's he's wearing his existential dread on his page and he's very good at it and thoughtful. But at a, at a certain point, like it's just uh, it's a little much sometimes. Sure. So there those are the books that we wanted to talk about. And uh, every week the patrons get to vote uh, on what book they would like us to read. And And very interesting here is that I don't think I would have realized what this was had this not become the patron pick. And that is hack slash back to school. Number one story and art by Zoe Thorogood. Um, who who uh, booksplode listeners yeah. uh, and and other readers might remember uh, from her book that whose title is just left my brain entirely something of the world help me working on it <laughs> um a, a young extremely talented uh, creator um, it's lonely at the center of the earth it's lonely at the center and of the, the earth. impending blindness of Billy Scott. And uh, yeah, and then the, the art for one. Joe Hill's Rain, which was a wonderful little mini series. And here we have her writing and drawing. I don't know if I'd go so far as to call it work for hire. This is Tim Seeley's sort of long running off and on uh, property. Yeah, it's been around for a while. A long time, um, which I have totally never been into. Um, not because I don't like it. Just it's not it's not something that was on my radar. And when I've read it, mm-hmm. it didn't really speak to me all that much. Um, but this very much functions as a if you've never read it. Uh, this is a you you could read this no problem like you, you wouldn't you wouldn't yeah be. like I'm also like uh, I didn't do a whole lot of reading about this I mean I read the mm-hmm. issue but is this like a I don't know if this is like a soft reboot or I don't know if this is like a year once or because it's like about her starting out and then by the end she ends up in like a school for girl assassins of kill, killing mm-hmm. these slashers my thing is I was. Not excited because I have dipped into the world of Hack Slash previously, 
And like you, it, it didn't grab me. Um, I think because it's like, it's got extra levels of complication in terms of what the world is. Mm-hmm. Like what, like slashers are what mutant killers. Like I some zombie esque thing. Right. And I could never sort of like latch on to the rules of the world and, and everything. And then just the aesthetic didn't jive with me. Um, and it just, just wasn't for me. But then when I saw Zo- Zoe Thorogood's name on, I was like, Oh, cool. And, and so I liked it. On a, on, a, on a craft point of view, there's a there's a cool bit where she's having a fight in the present, and then in parallel, it's her fighting her her mother who had become a slasher had had transformed into one of these creatures, mm-hmm. and so you're seeing them both at the same time. And um, I don't know if that whole sequence fully worked for me, but it was at least a cool idea. I, I found it to be. Um, more interesting than enjoyable yeah. in terms of pairing a creator who I know for doing a very specific sort of thing very well and very uniquely. Like there, there's not, you know, I, I didn't read um, lonely at the center of the world and then think, Oh, this is just like so-and-so it was a completely new thing when I read it. And so to have this person come in and do a story with an existing property and sort of try to fit that style into what is more or less an established, uh, you know, sort of single issue comic book story. It's, it's not a superhero, but you know, it follows those rules and formats um, w- w- and bringing her skill to it, which is very evident, but I, I did enjoy it more in, in terms of like examining how something worked than I was like into the story. Mm-hmm. Did I like it? I did not like it, but like, are you going to read it again? I'm not. I'm, I'm giving away the ending of the, the you know, like as yeah. a thing, like I'm glad I read it. I'm glad that it was there. I hope people really like it. It's not going to be my thing. And and I'm not curious enough to sort of keep going and see what gets done with it for, for many reasons, you know, but it, I'm not going to sit here and tell you like, uh, it wasn't good. That's, that's not why mm-hmm. it's just, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't really my thing. And, uh, so it's hard for me to figure out what to say about it, <laughs> like specifically. Um, I mean, what did you think? You're, I'm assuming you're sort of on the same page. I'm I'm basically on the same page. I, and I just, I wish I could, I could articulate why it's, it's not the kind of thing for me. I, I guess, you know, the humor didn't exactly work for me. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't find it particularly funny. I just think it's, um, and maybe this is just speaks to the fact that I haven't read a lot of hack slash. I just, I don't, I can't wrap my hands around what, the world is and what's happening i I don't get what it is i mean and i say that meaning like having read it yeah i don't understand it's not speaking to me at all so like it's it's not just like it's oh she's buffy the vampire slayer she's a chosen one who has to fight vampires this is like extra layers of complexity on top of that where she's a person who is traveling around with a mutant guy who's not one of the bad. Is he a slasher? Is he a good slasher? I think he's not, but he appears to but be. But he appears to be, but, but he's, he's green. Like, and he's a Russian. He's so she gets to do silly cartoon Russian voice. Right. And so um, they're in, and, and then the school thing. And I, it's, it, it's too, I need something. I don't know. I'll tell you this. Uh, the, the auto bio work. Um, I don't know if it had a level of sophistication, although I do think it did, but a very, young raw form of sophistication mm-hmm. and i don't mean to categorize her because she's quite young I mean, she's 23 four you know like when that book was done you know she's a kid and again i don't say that like in a in a in dismissive a, way not at all but i think that that brilliance was there that that um 
and I don't know that it fits into this because I don't really see. I don't know. It's not. It's not. Uh, it's sort of this. It's slicing off the the stuff that I like that personality, that personal stuff in there, and I don't see that personal stuff in here. Mm. I see somebody trying to do an entertaining story in a genre and a topic that I'm not really interested. It's just, in. It's interesting. She's also done some like video game tie in stuff, like mm-hmm. Life is Strange, and then she's also done. Um, she's doing these graphic novels based on the um, Walking Dead Telltale games, like the Clementine mm-hmm. character. Um, so I really, I mean, between doing personal stuff and then like you know, sort of work for hire kind of things. I mean, it's interesting to watch. I mean, she's definitely, you know, working on stuff and, and trying things and definitely, you know, one of those artists to watch. And I'm super cool with like, I love it. Make your living, do your stuff, have fun, do all the different kinds of things. You know, sometimes an artist you like, you know, a musician you like does, uh, you know, they're in a hard rock band and then they do an acoustic album or an electronic album. Maybe you don't like that one as much. Um, it doesn't speak to the like, Jesus, what are they doing now? That other thing was great. And this is awful. Eh, it's not my bag. Mm. Um, so I, I don't really have criticisms for it, but I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't think it was bad, but I'm not yeah, sure. I, th- I think our it. criticism is sort of with the IP <laughs> and yes. And the franchise, yeah, not it, necessarily the, the work here. It was a losing proposition. Right. And, and I have given, I love Tim Seeley's work. I think he's mm-hmm. fantastic. And I've given a try and I was like, oh, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't something I understand at all. And so, you know, you were buying the eight ball to begin with with mm-hmm. this. Yeah. Which makes it very difficult and yet necessary for us to assign a numerical rating to this. So we have to do a rating. Ratings. Okay. I'm going to give it a two and a half. Three. I'm I'm going to assume it accomplished what it needed to within this genre and brought a fresh take to it. Hmm. I think if maybe you were you've been into hack slash and maybe you were getting a little bored or you wanted to, I bet I bet you enjoyed this. I'll say I like I like horror that's funny. I don't necessarily like horror comedy, and that's that's what this is Mm. going for, and it's just not my genre or subgenre. Yeah. Every week. We thank a patron who has supported us at the $5 or higher level at patreon.com slash ifanboy by giving them a dumb superpower. Josh, let's do some good for James E. McGill. Well, I, don't, I don't know if you can call this good, but what James E. McGill does uh-huh. is that he can give nipples feelings and sentience. I was going to say nipples have feelings, Josh. They're no, 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 very no, sensitive. No. Genuine, they're sentience. The, the nipples are aware. Oh, yeah. Oh, in and of themselves. In and of themselves. And I want to go so far as to say independent from their partner. Okay. So you've got two factions. Now, I'm, I haven't fully fleshed this idea out, flesh. Um, if they can communicate that or they're just in there having feelings like in Johnny Got His Gun, I hope not. That's terrifying. So let's hope they can, they can communicate in some way. But um, James could, in fact, imbue your nipples with sentience. I don't like how you used your there, um, but <laughs> it's a threat. One snipple. Sure. Okay. Did you say snipple? I, no. I, no. <laughs> I don't want to anger them. No. It's, I mean, it, it gives away. I, I think there's a lot of ripe drama in there. Okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Something beyond not, titillation. If it's not saying. the worst power, don't don't come on my show 
when it was your show, maybe you had some leeway, but don't you come in here with your wordplay. Mm. I, I, I'm not saying it's the worst power I've ever given, but it's got to be top five. Or top two. <laughs> I'm not even going to tweak it. It's... <laughs> I was mad at you, but I was impressed by that. So, you know, break the rules as long as it works. Uh, all right. You know what? That went fast enough. Let us, let us, let's do this one question. Dave D from North Carolina says, you both mentioned every so often the number of books you had on a given week, but generally only discuss 10 or so. What other books do you have on your pull list that don't get talked about? Anything that you habitually read, but never quite makes the cut. I always read Red Sonia books because I think they're fun, but would never really have anything to say about it. Just curious what your pull lists look like. So this was a, you know, I, I mean, this is a question more for you, but but you've done this. You, yeah, you've, there you've are. Had yeah, the job. there, there. I'm trying to think of like what are some of the books that are just re- like, you know how uh, for anyone who's written a review of some kind of media, it's it's easy to write, you know, uh, like a slammed like a ten out of ten, or like a two out of ten, but then there's those things that are re- reliably like sixes out of ten or sevens out of 10, and they're just tough to talk about. Yes. I would give it the caveat of, I do like the exploration of, I think the the conversation about Swan Song is a good example of Mm. this, where I don't think in the end, the product is much more than, we'll say on a a scale of, you know, three and a half. Mm. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. it is interesting as you try to explore what they were trying to do and whether they were successful in it, so that's kind of interesting. To me, 10 out of 10s, I think, are, are, are I, I hate talking about 10 out of 10s because it just, you're not, you don't have to apply any thought to it. You just go, that was good. That bar is cool. Isn't it cool they did that? And mm-hmm. you can sort of look for the, the craft in it. And with art, sometimes it's easier. But I mean, I, I don't think that there's a book I don't talk about regularly. Because like, oh, I just don't talk about this. Like I'm keeping a thing secret or, or, you know, it's not, if, I, if something is never going to be worth talking about, I wouldn't read it mm-hmm. basically. But there are plenty of books that are what they are. And I guess I enjoy them, but we've already talked about it. So it's hard to find anything new to say. And I don't want to come on every week and say the same thing about the same books. Yeah. There are some books that are, are you know, routinely very, very good, mm-hmm. but they're very, very good in the same way. Yes. And yeah. you don't want to have to repeat yourself. Okay. So I know you read like Usagi Yojimbo. Mm-hmm. It's a good example. Regularly. Yeah. Because yeah. How often do you talk about it on the show? Not that much. S- no, it did just come back after being, it was very regularly coming out, especially from IDW, and then it kind of went away, and now it's with Dark Horse again, and so they just started a new miniseries. But, and actually, we didn't talk about it, because that was last week, and I normally only say, hey, this came out, it still makes me really happy, which is not interesting, but every once in a while, I like to remind people that it's there. It's difficult to talk about, because it's kind of always the same, mm-hmm. but in the best way. Yeah. Um, the last issue was Usagi, Space Usagi, I think. Yep. And there was a couple they, of things that happened in it that I have never seen before. There was a double page spread. I've never seen Sansakai do that. There was, 
it looked like Usagi Yojimbo, but there was just some things in there that, especially as we got near the end, and I don't know how the story works yet. I don't know. I would have talked about that, but most issues of Usagi Yojimbo are basically the same. And I am looking at my my several volume library of Usagi Yojimbo books, and I also cannot think of no. a double page spread. <laughs> it was it, it it blew me away. I had never seen it. I think Hellboy was a book like that. I think BPRD. I think largely yeah. Mike Mignola books are like that. You go there for a God, I hate saying it, but for lack of a better word, a vibe, a feeling, a style. And you get it. You know what and you're gonna not, get. And you like what you get, but it's not yeah. magnificent. It doesn't really it doesn't really uh, um invite analysis or or you know there's things that you think are cool but there's not those are just kind of the, the books that i read sort of out of habit in history and i enjoy them um usagi's there i enjoy it every time there's a new one i'm so happy about it i have nothing to say about them <laughs> um yeah i mean that's kind of and i don't like, like uh i tend to not stick with books that get kind of mediocre like i'll mm-hmm. give something a few tries and then like every hulk series i've ever read in my life uh, turns into that, you know, I, if you can't think of anything to say after a while and you're not really enjoying it, it's not a reason, then, uh, I don't bring them up. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't like, I, I really, I mean, I don't want to read bad books, but really mediocre books are almost worse. You know, well, it's fine. It's good. You know? And then I think just based on the gig, like you end up, if it's, especially if it's your pick that week, you're mm-hmm. going to maybe try yes. some more things than you would normally. You definitely read more books than you would if you didn't have a podcast where you're oh, talking 100%. about books. Yes. So absolutely. you're you're looking for new things to talk about. And then a lot of times those things are like, eh, well, I tried it, but there's not really much to say here. Yeah. And then you've got to be aware of subjectivity of taste. And I think that we're pretty good at being upfront about that. Um, but I mean, what I'm looking for generally in a, in a given week, and my pick of the week is almost always what made me excited what made me feel something that uh, was unexpected, maybe not necessarily new, but the context, the, you know, sometimes it comes down to a page. Um, but really, like, what we don't talk about has more to do with with having nothing new to say and or nothing interesting to say, really. I mean, that, that's what was why this would be boring. And, I, you know, we skirt the line. I think um, uh, Ryan North's current Fantastic Four run is, and, and, and actually the Dan Slott run before it in a very different way, I'm running out of things to say about it, even though I love it, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I want to talk about it because it makes me excited and I want to put it on here. But ultimately, if I'm saying the same thing, I've said a bunch of times, I did it today. I did it like a bunch of, I said, you know, wild's end. We were able to talk about it, but my main point was, God, I love this. Yeah. <laughs> same thing with the forged. Like I just, you know, the, sometimes that's enough. Now, unless something drastic happens in one of those, you're not going to hear me talk about it again because I don't need to. Yeah, a lot of times it's just you're you're reaching out to the invisible listener and trying to grab them by the collar and be like, please read this so I can continue to read this. Like, just please pick yes. this up. Pick up this book. That's yes. definitely the case. That was the case with, with Lazarus for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, it, it went away. Dave, uh, that's a good question. Thank you for that. Um, I hope that that was uh, satisfactory for you. I don't like uh, you to can... psychoanalyze, but Josh, you're talking about mm-hmm. being dead inside, basically. And you also gave you imbued someone with powers to make nipples feel something. And I think that mm-hmm. there there's a lot to be gleaned from that. And I'm just going to leave that to the listeners. So go ahead, read your copy. I think the nipple thing was like, I just, I just, I wrote sentient nipples and I was like, I don't know what to do with that. 
but I put it on my little list. And that's it was, like one it of those the, things. The like term. I wake up in the middle of the night and I jot down. I keep a notepad next to my bed, and then I wake up in the morning. Like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Sentient nipples? What? Yeah, I should give so, that to a guy. Yeah, I should make that be that person's <laughs> thing. You can write to us at contact at ifanboy.com um, if you want it to be for the media split or non comics show. Um, yeah, you can write media split in the subject line, and that would be helpful. Um, thank you for everybody who wrote in. We we did the big 900 show, used up a lot of emails. We might need to replenish the banks a little bit. So if you didn't get something in for 900, this is probably a really good time to do that. Um, so, so that we have we have stuff to talk about. We can we can get to your questions. Um, what's going on here? So last month there was Media Explode number 40. We talked about winning time, which led into a longer conversation about HBO. And how uh, whoever the discovery, whoever, they're just ruining the most beautiful brand. Um, but then we sort of discovered maybe it wasn't as bad as we thought. Uh, last week, obviously, there was pick the week number 900 because these are sequential and this is 901. But that was a big old three hour plus live show. Where we went through a lot of emails and answered a lot of questions. Um, Connor was not feeling well at all. And I don't know if you can tell that having listened to it, but that man is a trooper. He uh, he, he really got through that. Um and I thought it was it was a fun show. I really I actually really enjoyed it. It went, it went so fast. Um, October this month uh, is uh, Toxplode, uh, presumably. Uh, I have a guest. I do not have it scheduled. New York Comic Con happened last mm. week. There was much waylaying of COVID, um, from what I understand. And so uh, I'll see where we are with that. I don't know if this person has been hit. I haven't heard from a lot of people after this. Um, it's coming. If it doesn't come through this month, it'll come. Uh, it'll come next month. But I'm, I'm going to go for this month anyway. Those are all excuses for things that haven't happened. Um, you want? Do you want to do this next bit? This this little part as we make our way out. Yeah. You can find our library of over 1,300 shows and counting over at ifanboy.com and wherever podcasts are sold. Follow us at ifanboycomics on Instagram to find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out. It's not cheating. It's there for that. And sometimes mm-hmm. for the best of the week in panels. That reminds me as I have to do that Instagram post. Mm-hmm. Uh, follow Connors. us individually. I'm Fuzzy Typewriter on Instagram. That and Josh make... is Jeff Lanigan on Instagram. Yeah, Jeff Lanigan. That's He's a, a fun follow. I don't believe I've ever had that pronounced that way, but it's it's so obvious now that I'm looking at it. And why did I you into bikes, there? You into bikes, you into dogs. Yep. Jeff Lanigan on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. You were on several hundred of those 1,300 shows. Yeah, I was. Not, a, not, insignif- not an insignificant number. Connor has a graph. I'm sure he does. Just with him <laughs> at all times. It's based on hard data. Uh, you can subscribe to our YouTube page at youtube.com slash ifanboy. Um, and be like, well, why would I do that? This is an audio show. And I would say, that's pretty much correct. Um, <laughs> but all of our old video shows are there. Um, a historical look. Uh, at, at nerds trying not to be too nerdy while being very nerdy at the same time. It's a swirling miasma. We will post this show there every week should you like to consume uh, this in uh, semi-video form. It's pretty much still just audio. This is still frame, basically. Uh, you can consider writing a review or leaving a star rating on Apple Podcasts. You can like the stuff on YouTube. Whatever. I'm not going to beg. It's up to you. Yeah. I'm, it's, you know, does it help? Maybe. So it it's might. a, per- it's a very personal thing. It's true. If uh, you know, it's, it's not only fans, but you know, we're hoping somebody cares. Uh, and that's it. That's our show. I think this was a very we did a very cerebral job. Yes, we really we really Heady. got into them. Heady. Yeah, and I enjoy that. I really like looking into those books, and you're, you're a good partner for doing that. So, oh, you're a you're a great partner too, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Always. 
You don't neglect the nipples is what I'll say. <laughs> um, I feel like I was playing an improv game where I was like, oh, I'm just going to say this thing and go with it. And now it, you're using it against me. Because mm-hmm. it's weird. I recognize that. But I thought, oh, we'll just be wacky. If Monty Python did that, nobody's like, those guys uh, got issues. This uh, was very similar to the feedback I got when I uh, went out for the improv team in college. Mm-hmm. It's like, you kind of left me there. You kind of attacked <laughs> me, Paul. <laughs> not for everyone no (laughs) that makes me josh then Uh, you are now now paul that's right you are uh we will see you next week not you paul i mean because it's possible i'm around i'm Um, out there stay safe out there folks